0: Deion Sanders has made so many headlines in a short time in Colorado. We're going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes.
1: Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What is up, everybody? This is Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. And joining me today, special guest, Spencer McLaughlin. We've we've been dodging each other for like a week now, but we're finally here. We're finally here. We've been dipping and dodging. That's
1: been a one-sided dodge.
0: It's okay. It's okay. You know, we've been dipping and dodging. Um, but today, we're, we're doing some the biggest headlines surrounding Coach Prime in Colorado. We're going to talk about the biggest challenges that they face um, this season or just in the future in general. And then we're going to talk about their ceiling as a program um again this season and in the future um, but before we do i want you guys to know this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on make every moment more visit fanduel.com locked on today to get started okay spencer and spencer's the host of locked on pac-12 by the way and that's what makes him qualified um as you see by his pac-12 propaganda back there we pack 12
1: stand, baby pac-12 look- stand right
0: here We'd love to see it okay so biggest headlines draft there's going to be four picks um i'll probably start us off just to get us rolling um it could be about anything that has or you think will happen. and so i think obviously the the number one pick has to be when coach prime is hired by colorado um he was linked to usf which south florida is where he is originated from um he Played in Florida, played at Florida State, uh, played for the Atlanta Falcons, which is obviously Georgia's close to Florida. And he's a big Southern guy. And so USF was linked to him. Cincinnati was linked to him, not really in the South, but a couple other programs that people thought would be better fits for him. And then he picked Colorado, a program that went one and 11, hasn't had a winning season. I think they've had one winning season in this past decade. Um, It's been tough sledding. Um, Colorado's usually been bottom of the barrel. In terms of college football and so for them to get who i think is probably the most polarizing coach in college football was a pretty big deal spencer what do you think and what is your next pick
1: yeah i i i think it's hard to argue with that as being the number one headline just coach prime being there just mm-hmm. the, the the fact that he chose colorado and that he that he's put the buffs on the map the spring game is going to be on espn it's already sold out he's got all the the flash and substance and he you know plays well on social media at least from a content standpoint and that that is make no mistake about it like the, the football results do need to follow but that is part of the reason colorado hired coach prime is he puts you on the map even if you're not very good he makes you interesting because Colorado, you know, the last several years fell into, I saw this great piece a while back from someone who writes about uh, the California Golden Bears. He was writing about their football team and he said Cal has fallen into you know, the the death trap of being bad and boring. And you don't want to be bad and boring because that makes it harder to get out of the bad phase if you're boring. But Coach Prime inherently makes you interesting because people will want to see him succeed or will want to see him fail. And you and I both know, being people who talk about him on a pretty regular basis, I've been all, you know, realignment the last couple months and whatnot. But he is someone who who will fire people up one way, or another like the show by blonde or the song by blondie like one way or another man like people are going to want to see what he can do there are people who think he is the worst person on planet earth and that he should never be a coach and he's awful and i hope he stinks and there are people who if you say he might not get to 500 this year which he probably won't you are just a hater and coach prime is going to make it and he's going to go nine and three <laughs> this year and year one and all this sort of stuff so that that alone right That sort of chatter, that volume of conversation surrounding your football team is is good for the school and it's good for the team as well because it gets you on people's radars. And I, I think number two, uh, in terms of what what the biggest headlines he's generated ha- have been, the players that he's brought in so far, mm-hmm. and the players he's been able to get from uh, the high school ranks, you know, we we saw him flip a wide receiver, I think was looking at uh, uh, Auburn or Notre Dame, and we saw him bring in Jackson Hunter, of course, his son Shadur, who, who's probably going to be the the quarterback in there. Those that's a caliber of players that you just hadn't seen it, colorado in a long long time and that shifts the equation i had a friend of mine who's a stanford grad and a big pac-12 sports fan he texted me one day and said is coach prime just going to win because he's just going to bring in too much talent to do anything else like he might not win 11 12 games but is he just going to win seven eight games If he just keeps bringing in top 20 recruiting classes and history would tell you the answer to that question is yes if he's going to recruit at colorado at a top 20 level year in and year out it's going to be pretty hard barring catastrophic coaching decisions in games and just an utter lack of preparedness which you know given his track record at least at jackson state doesn't seem like that's going to to be what happens here he will eventually start to win games, but there, there there is an adjustment here, right? Everyone, you know, it's an instant gratification society, and the transfer portal makes it easier to turn things around. Very true. But the transfer portal makes it easier to turn things around in one year when you aren't coming off. I'm sorry, Buffs fans. One of the worst Power Five football teams we've ever seen. Like yep. at least that that I that I've ever seen. It's Mark, like them.
0: Mark 20, said, was on the show yesterday, and he's the voice of the Buffs, and he said it was a bad one and eleven. Not that there's a lot of good right. one 11s but it was a bad
1: one. It, right, and and I've I've compared them to Arizona before because Arizona went one and eleven right under Jed Fish in his first year. That was not the worst one and eleven you've ever seen. They had some bad games, but they had some legitimately competitive ones. Colorado aside from that cow game and the asu game they were uncompetitive in a big way week in and week out. i've never seen a team who was at least a 17 point underdog in the first five weeks of the season go or at least a 14 point underdog in the first five weeks of the season go zero and five against the spread i've never seen it before i don't know that we'll ever see it again so the challenge in that element is there but the early returns are so strong when you look at both the portal players he can attract the you know whether it's ones he knew or ones that he was able to just kind of bring in because he's coach prime but then also the high school recruiting you have to do both in a big way in today's world of college football and so far i think that's a big takeaway from coach prime's tenure before we've even seen a snap of football the talent acquisition is what we thought it would be not going to be an issue
0: yeah it's not gonna be an issue and i think the the coolest part when covering him is we talked to kylan fox who's a highly touted four-star tight end slash defense end type of guy he has over 60 offers right now. He said Coach Prime is the coolest coach in college football. <laughs> and while that doesn't mean, like, a lot, because cool doesn't always get you everybody, like Colin Simmons. It doesn't uh, mean nothing. Yeah, it doesn't mean nothing. He's a, Colin Simmons, the number three recruit. He was supposed to go to the spring game, isn't going to the spring game anymore because he wants to play in the SEC. And so there's going to be guys like that that Coach Prime just probably can't get because their mind is like, I'm going to play in the SEC. But there's going to be guys that he flipped Dylan Edwards from Notre Dame. He flipped Adam Hopkins from Auburn. There's going to be guys that he attracts. Cormani McLean from Miami and Florida and that whole or Yeah, deal. Cormani was the big one. Yeah, and so like the whole the whole aspect of him just be having Colorado in the mix for players is a different um, scenario than they were under Carl Durrell and people of the past. Mel Tucker could have had them recruiting at a higher level, but I don't think we ever got to see him peak because he obviously was uh, a little – he moonlighted as a Colorado coach, I guess you could say he was, <laughs> he was there and gone. Not um, long for the road. Yeah, my my headline is, and this is, I think the first headline he actually made uh, outside of taking the Colorado job was when he spoke to the team um, from last year and said, I'm bringing my own bags and it's Louie. And he was, which we talked about this yesterday on yesterday's episode. I took it as he was basically telling them to hit the portal. He's bringing his own guys. Mark Johnson, who is around the program very frequently. He took it as he was challenging them, the last year's roster, to kind of stay and compete because they had a standard that they wanted to meet. And if you wanted to be a part of that standard, stay. And if you didn't think you could be part of that standard, get out. And so I, either way, he was challenging the team. He was telling them to hit the portal. That was, I think, the first time we've ever seen the transfer portal used as like a business transaction in college football publicly. Um, I think we all knew that it was is a tr- business transaction. Um, there's no shocked that jordan addison was going to usc and all of a sudden he had deals with uh delta or whatever airplane nil stuff that was like there was there's obviously business all over um we've seen oregon be rumored to try to poach i think it was uh A. Barron from texas for nil money um xavier worthy has been attempted to be poached these are just guys off the top of my head nil is circling around drake may from north carolina and so to finally see someone just be like straight up like I want to bring in better people from the portal and you guys are currently taking up roster spots. That was absurd, but it was also like, wow, this is where college football was at. And so I think that was one of the bigger headlines of the offseason as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think the way that that evolves and and continues to develop for for Colorado it is an interesting one to watch because you, you know the the athletic director for for Colorado when they announced the hiring of coach prime you know said very openly like yeah we, we don't actually have the money right now <laughs> but i'm going to go find it because <laughs> we're going to just make make this work but the, I, the, I, ima- <laughs> yeah the, the the amount of interest and buzz that that coach prime generates i mean the press conference was just swarmed with media and that's what it what it always is and i can't imagine that does anything to a donor base but but fires them up right, right. and so nowadays when you talk about firing up a donor base you're talking about getting the nil collectives well-funded so that players can have access to that stuff because if you don't have that in the modern recruiting era you are behind and that's mm. not a place where colorado wants to be because it's a place where they've been for a very long time and i think you've seen this with kenny dillingham down at arizona state as well right his uh the, the phrasing of his message down there is activate the valley right because he feels like there's a bit of a sleeping giant element at Arizona state, which is very true, by the way, very, very, very true. And he he's making an emphasis of like, look, we want to do X and we want to do Y in order to do that. Here's what we need from you. And yeah, a lot of times comes down to the old Johnny Manziel hand gesture, right? It comes (laughs) down to the dollars, but that that's the world that you're in. If you can't get there, then you can't, You can't compete at the level that Colorado would like to compete, right? But the good news is they don't have to you know, get everybody all at once right away, but they've already got, I mean, they're going to have two of the most athletic dynamic corners in a country mm. in 2023, which is good because there are a lot of elite quarterbacks in the Pac-12, a lot of them. It's yeah, the best quarterback league. That'll in- probably
0: be a, a topic we get to, in our biggest challenges <laughs> yeah. because that is yeah. the, the biggest challenge is the the strength of the Pac-12. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. Let's no, are good. final pick of the draft before we move on final pick and this is for for
1: what for what the biggest challenge is no biggest headline we need our biggest 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 headline right so I'll 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 probably take some heat for this one but I already have before I'm I'm okay with it I think the biggest headline is is Shador Sanders because Mm -hmm. that's a guy who was a four-star recruit coming out of high school if I remember correctly Mm -hmm. goes to Jackson State has a lot of success as the quarterback now he's coming to Colorado and and Coach Prime you know hinted at the press conference uh, he said, There's your quarterback. And then he quickly realized, oh, I shouldn't have said that. But he's gonna he's gonna have to earn it. And we were like, All right, all right, prime. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, quarterback competition. Right. Yeah. But 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 again, a guy who who shows good arm talent, who's played a decent amount of college football, but power five is different. And the great, I think, comparison for him is Cameron Ward from last year, who tore it up at the FCS level, went to Washington State and he was pretty good but he was not the best version of himself i think in 2023 if he blends with their new offensive coordinator comes over from western kentucky cam ward has more untapped potential and one of the reasons if you watched him last year that he had some mistakes or turnovers was you know that there were a couple inconsistent things uh, throwing the football that you know just require some uh touch up in the offseason. but one of the things was he would make throws that might've worked at the FCS level. But when you make that jump to the power five ranks, there are plays you have to realize you can't make. And he and Washington State, by the way, got better as the season went on, which is why the Cougars are a really fascinating team in 2023. What are they going to get there? So I, I think that's one of the one of the other storylines is Coach Prime opted not to go for a Power 5 portal transfer, which he absolutely could have done, given the caliber of players that he's been able to track so far. He wanted to stick with his son, who does have talent, and we would have given credence to as, uh, in terms of being capable of being a starting quarterback if he'd come out of high school, gone right to Colorado but how's he going to make that leap? Because that's, I, I, I think, a very legitimate question when you watch what other FCS quarterbacks have done. For some guys, it's seamless, but for Cam Ward, he was good, he was productive, but he was not the best version of himself early on. And so I, I think what happens to the quarterback position, which just was a revolving door of, we'll call it mediocrity at best, in 2022, yeah. that that needs to be better for for the Buffs.
0: I think I was an injury away from taking some snaps at Colorado as quarterback. Um, <laughs> and so I don't so know struggling. if we want to see that, um, but yeah. The to, before we move on from sh- the to our next topic, Shador and Cam Ward, it's a good comparison in terms of situations Styl- stylistically. Cam Ward is like he reminds me of Johnny Manziel in terms of the way he sometimes just makes magic happen. And at the FCS yeah. level, he was able to make magic happen a lot. And at Washington State, there was times where he would scramble around for. 15 yards in the pocket, and all of a sudden he just got sacked for a loss of 30, whereas Shadur is more kind of your straight-up, like, he can run quarterback and looks to throw. And I think working with Tom Brady this offseason will really help uh, – working with Tom Brady, again, will really help develop his skills even more. Um, I think it's just a matter of how quick he can adjust. Um, yeah, He has the weapons. Uh, the only thing that worries me is the offensive line, and the, there's another portal coming up, a uh, portal window coming up. And so I think if Shador can kind of just be – good and then improve throughout the season. Like if he starts off really bad, it's going to be tough to overcome because their schedule only gets harder. But if he starts off decent and then continually improves, That's a good position to be in. Um, They have room to play there. Uh, Guys, the tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet didn't win, just go to FanDuel.com and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you you could go wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up, make every moment more with FanDuel. I had Texas winning it all, but now I don't know. Um, I I probably have to go San Diego State. Um, FAU would be cool. I don't know. You mean
1: future Pac-12 member, San Diego State?
0: Future Pac-12. I mean, if they aren't now, I don't know what's (laughs) happening. Um, Uh, I'm
1: right there there with you, buddy. They
0: should be. Okay. Uh, This isn't the biggest challenges for the Pac-12 podcast because that would be a a three-hour segment. Uh, This (laughs) is the biggest challenges for Colorado uh, discussion. So this could be currently – Future, just anything that you think will hinder Colorado and Coach Prime um, moving forward.
1: Uh, how about the fact that Washington State's probably the preseason power ranking seventh best team in the league? Like, this is not. Uh, a cakewalk of a conference the way it it, it had been for several years, or at least how it had been perceived, which was always worse than reality. But still, the strength of the league going into 2023, this is going to be one heck of a swan song for the conference because you've got USC and Caleb Williams. You've got Washington and Michael Penix back. You've got Oregon and Bo Nix back. Those are probably your top three. Oh, by the way, there's the two-time defending champ, Utah Utes, who are back with Cam Rising, assuming he's able – to to get healthy you've got oregon state who added dju and then you and then ucla you know i think they're pretty they're pretty poised to be a a, a pullback team a little bit but i don't think they pull back to disaster i don't think they pull back to being bad
0: they're gonna be a good eight win team or nine win team
1: yeah i think i I think seven or eight is probably their range because i don't really know what i'm getting from them the quarterback situation whether it's dante moore whether it's colin schlee the kent state transfer don't know at this point in time but whoever it is he can't be as good as dtr who was really good like mm-hmm. he was incredibly raw when he first got to ucla but by the time he left it was his fifth year and he was you know a, a high 60s to 70 percent completion guy he's a ridiculously dynamic athlete Not having him at quarterback, you can't possibly have that same level of production. So I I think that, you know, Chip Kelly's got a history in college. I would know as an Oregon guy of of developing more than one quarterback, you know, he coached three different ones and they all played very well when he was in college uh, at coaching with the Ducks. but. There, there's still going to be, I think, a little bit of a, a drop off there. How much can you rely on a true freshman versus a transfer who comes in with with, with some hype and expectation, but nothing otherworldly? You know, I think that's a, a fair question there. But then now you've gone through half of the conference and you haven't even mentioned Arizona, who, if their defense takes a step forward, could definitely be a six to seven win team. They were a five win team last year. I think it's easy to forget that they were a five win team, upset UCLA on the road. Played very well in uh, some other games, too. They played UCLA pretty well, uh, or USC pretty well, that was. Of course, UCLA, well, they beat them. But they they had a lot. Their offense was not the problem. Their defense was the problem. So you just look at the depth of the league and the depth of the quarterback play you're going to have, and it's Mm -hmm. absurd. It is deeper at the quarterback position than any other league in the country. I will argue that from now until the end of the season. I agree with because you. That, yeah, they got, because, they got three Heisman contenders at the top. Exactly, you have l- legitimately three guys who, if you told, if they, if you were told today. This guy wins the Heisman Trophy in 2023. You can foresee a realistic path to that happening. If Penix leads the country or is close to it in passing again, and Washington is, you know, an 11-win team and a a CFP contender, they could do it. Bo Nix doesn't have to lead the country in passing, but if he puts up touchdowns at the rate he did last year with a 71% completion percentage, he was in the Heisman race until Oregon fell out of it. You could see that in Caleb Williams. We already know what it looks like. He's the best player in, in college football. So, that, that's the challenge for the Buffs is, is you know they've got a long way to go on the rebuild. They've added a lot of talent to account for that. But still, their roster is behind where other Pac-12 teams are. And though Shador Sanders has a good amount of upside, you, you can't at this point in time expect him to even be a top five quarterback in the Pac-12 because there's just so much depth and talent right now in, in the league. So I, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles for the Buffs is... That there just are not that many breaks in, in your schedule. The timing
0: the timing of the, the, um, the emergence is tough um, but
1: it could but it, but it could be worse because after USC and UCLA leave, It'll get easier for Colorado, and there will be a void of top teams to emerge, and Colorado could 100% be a candidate there.
0: That's when Colorado should be peaking. Um, I mean, if Shader Sanders is a top-five quarterback this year, that that means something is going very right for the Buffs um, and that their season is probably on a high trajectory that we didn't expect. Um, My biggest challenge, and I'm going to go more so in the future and off the field, uh, how people react when Coach Prime and the Buffs, assuming they struggle um, because the schedule is hard, toughest schedule in the Pac 12. Um, they have no, their easiest games, Colorado State. And other than that, they play all Power Five teams, all teams. They play, I think they play the top five Pac 12 teams. Um, I'm not even joking. I think they play Utah, they have UC, USC, um, I think they have Oregon and Washington. Um, The only one they might not have is Oregon State, and even then they might have them. I don't have the schedule in front of me. So they play at least four of the top five, and I think there's going to be some bumps in the road, and I think it'll be interesting to see how well Coach Prime is able to maintain his cool factor on the recruiting trail and the transfer portal when the Buffs aren't as, I guess, successful as people would hope in year one. Um, I still think there's room for success. I just think there's going to be some times where – People like social media is going to want to tear the buffs down. They're going to want to tear Dion or coach prime down, excuse me. And they're, they're going to want to tear Shadur Sanders down. And as soon as they struggle, um, when you get a new attempt Colorado is getting the attention of a blue blood, blue blood program. And they're poised to go peak season, like seven wins. Like that is like seven wins is like a amazing season for them. And yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 by the way, I just pulled up the, uh, the the schedule for the Buffs this year. They miss Washington. They do have Oregon State <laughs> at home, but they have to play Washington State, and and you don't hit uh, you don't hit Cal on here. You do hit Stanford, uh, but that, that's just kind of a you, you know fortune in the scheduling uh, realm. But I mean, you, you look at you know game one at TCU. That's going to be tough. Like that's that's going to be a very difficult game in in Fort Worth. And Nebraska, Colorado State at home. You'd like to think they could get at least one of those uh, against Colorado State, but then you go through conference play, and you know Oregon and USC; th- those rosters are in a, a different category at, at this point in time. Doesn't mean they will be in a year or two, but right now, Oregon and USC far more developed. But then you go Arizona State, Stanford. I think they could win one of those. UCLA, Oregon State, maybe win one of those. Close Arizona, Washington State, Utah. I, I there there are just so many good teams in there. It's like who's who, who's the who's the easiest like if you're just talking about winnable games Colorado State Arizona State Arizona may, maybe Washington State yeah and I, I I could see Nebraska as well like I, I only see five games where you look on the surface and say yeah they have a great chance to win there so unless they pull an upset I can't see them going over five wins but if if they just pick up three or four That's a successful season because when you go from one, the goal is, is to get more. And that's, you know, definitely a a schedule dependent thing.
0: Yeah, it's tough schedule. And we'll get to that a little bit, a little bit later, but the built March madness bracket is here and we know you guys all have a favorite bar puff and now's your time to make it count. So go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. Um, you know, I'll be voting for the coconut bar or puff. I don't care. It's either one. Um, and if you want your favorite team to win, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on listener will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're so amazing you won't even think they're good for you. What makes Built bars and puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100 real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. So, run to BuiltMarch right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March, so hop in and support your pick. Lastly, before we go, um, we kind of previewed it a little bit already. We're gonna talk ceiling. So, obviously, we know they have a tough schedule. Um, I think just historically there's going to be room for one upset so i don't know who it's going to be um it could be a utah team desperate week 12 that maybe is pushing a little too hard for a pac-12 championship appearance it could be a usc team that's kind of sleep sleepwalking because they have an early their first four games or you may as well be playing a jv high school team i don't know their first four games are not not that much impressive it may be a, a UCLA who's kind of trying to figure things out with their quarterback situation. Is Dante Moore pushing for the starting role? Is Colin Schlieb better than Dante Moore? Who knows? So there's maybe an upset in there. Um, I think we talked about there's five winnable games is what we said. Um, I think they're sealing realistically, assuming, like, it goes perfect, they win the games that they should win, and there's an upset or two in there, sealing six or seven wins. I
1: think that is I think I, I, I think six is the ceiling because I look at it and say, okay, there's five games on there where I could definitely see them winning in a realistic fashion. Let's say they pull one more upset. And I, I think the two upsets that would be the most likely. Um, I think you'd go UCLA Oregon State. Oregon State, you've got at home. Great crowd there in in Boulder, and Oregon State was a really good team last year, but they've got some question marks coming into the season though they still should be a good team and Jonathan Smith and his defensive coordinator Trent Bray are both really really high level coaches in this league but UCLA you've got the quarterback question number one don't know what's going to be happening there number two it's not a hard road environment to play in you know I look at the other games where you could potentially pull an upset I I don't think they've got the firepower right now in in year one to go up against USC I don't think they can go into Autzen Stadium and beat Oregon. i don't think winning at arizona state would necessarily be that much of an upset considering asu was a three-win team last year Mm -hmm. same thing with, with stanford i'm talking games where they will be a heavy heavy underdog and ucla and oregon state could both be options there and I look at the last two games of the year, both of them on the road, Washington state and Utah, tough environments. Those, are, those are tough <laughs> places to play, man. Tough, tough places to tough play yeah. and they're really good teams. Utah is always playing its best football at the end of the year. We've seen that each of the last two years with Kyle Whittingham there and Pullman is just a tough place to go. So I, I would, I'd say your biggest upset chances, UCLA or Oregon state back to back weeks would not be shocked if Colorado won both of those games. But, you know, there's also a lot of information taken until then, right? Yeah. It's how do they play against TCU? How do they play against Nebraska at home? Is there a big road home split here with uh, with what will be a fairly young team? I think you could see that, but I, I'm I'm just I'm so fast and I'm so ready for football, man. I'm just I'm so right. don't don't get me wrong. I'm a college basketball diehard, but the Pac-12 stinks at college basketball, unfortunately. <laughs> shout and,
0: out San Diego State. They're, yeah,
1: those shout those out San. <laughs> yeah, shout out shout out to Diego State, Big Time. But yeah, it's it's gonna be such an awesome awesome final season of the Pac-12 as we know it.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, Colorado basketball trending up as well. Um, there was a little Bronny James the Colorado trend the other night. D- don't think it'll happen, but it was exciting. It was You're getting exciting.
1: Jalen Williams' younger brother.
0: Yeah, it was an exciting. It was exciting 30 minutes of my life. I was like, "Oh, Bronny James, Colorado, okay." <laughs> um, no, I think I think their ceiling is one. We don't know their whole roster yet. They don't know their whole roster. Not everybody's there, and I think that's the craziest part about. I, I mean, nobody's whole roster is there right now. But Colorado, I think, just the sheer they're bringing in like nearly 60 new players and that number could jump to 70 something um, after this next transfer (laughs) portal window. And so we really don't know what to make of them. And even then, I think early in the season, we still won't know what to make of them because I feel like there's going to be a period of like, okay, and I don't want to name names. So I'll say Kevin Borba starting one week. Okay. Kevin Borba didn't perform this week. So someone else is starting the next week. Yeah.
1: He could have short leashes. And I think that would be very on brand with coach prime. And I think that would also make a lot of sense because coming off of last year there are no positions that are set in stone except for maybe Cormani and and Travis Hunter like other than those two guys and Shador at quarterback like what 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 do you bring in like everything should be on honestly if I were coach prime I'd almost treat the whole season as an open competition to try to get ready to be above 500 next year like if you're three, nine, four, and eight this year, you're totally fine. Revamp the roster more. Figure out which guys you definitely want to bring back. You know, put together NIL money for those who, who you need to and then go out in twenty twenty four and be like, Okay, we need to make a bowl game this year.
0: Yeah. And they a lot of people to kind of decide who's gonna be doing what. So Spencer, I appreciate you for joining us. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bust your first listen today. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shaw and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players about the last the basketball landscape. Excuse me, Locked On College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Spencer, before you go, I need a prediction. Yeah, I just need a year, and we're just going to let it simmer. Um, when will Colorado be contending for a Pac-12 championship?
1: Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> or
0: if everything goes what wrong year. The big championship
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's uh let's certainly hope not i don't think that's uh, particularly yeah, right. likely um i mean i know the athletic director said he didn't want to go back to the big 12 and they weren't going to do that but you know we're going to continue to speculate about it anyway because that's just kind of the way that this uh that this works and such but i'll say 20 So many things can change between now and then. I do not think 2024. I'll say 2025 earliest, probably 2026. If, you know, they're able to keep Coach Prime around. Um, you know, if you can't keep him around by 2026, that means you probably made an appearance in the title game in 24 or 25. So, um, I, I think 25, you know, once USC and UCLA are gone, you've had a couple of years to get recruits in and, you know, develop your system, make coaching tweaks and hires and all that sort of stuff. I think that's a, I think that's a reasonable goal for, for Colorado. So I'll say 2025 uh, or, or 20 or 26 at the latest when Colorado should expect, if things are going well, to compete for a Pac-12 championship.
0: Pac-12 championship incoming. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you for joining the show. We will anytime. see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. See ya.